I'm just like, this is a no pressure run. Nobody knows I'm running this. I am running this for mom. I looked up at the time and I was like, oh my God, it's like 3.08 something. And I was like, mom was with me. Absolutely. She gave me wings. That was Alana Kadu. And this is episode 46 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Today, we're pleased to welcome my husband's big sister, Alana Kadu, to the podcast. Alana is an air traffic controller in the Royal Canadian Air Force and has been stationed in Cold Lake, Alberta for the past 20 plus years. Even though Alana excelled at running throughout her teens on PEI, she felt drawn to attend Dalhousie University where she played on their basketball team. For the past 10 years, she has proudly represented Canada all over the world in running, basketball and hockey competitions as part of the international military sports team SISM. And in 2019, she was even named Female Athlete of the Year for the Royal Canadian Air Force. In this episode, we zero in on three particularly memorable marathons, what made each one unique and the lessons she took away and now applies to her everyday life, her work and the raising of her two children, Jade and Jared. In this conversation, we laugh, we cry, and everything in between, but I'm sure by the end, you'll agree that I am pretty fortunate to have Alana as a sister-in-law. And now on to our conversation with Alana Kadu. Alana, thank you so much for joining us. Kim and I are super looking forward to this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually very excited to uh, be here with you gals. Yay. So as I mentioned in the intro, we are sister-in-laws. You're my husband's sister. I have two brothers. So along with their wives, you are the closest thing I have to a sister. And I don't mean to brag, but I totally won the sister-in-law lottery. Like hands down, seriously, have never met a person who doesn't instantly adore you. You're just so fun to be around, so kind, so generous, so positive, and I can't wait to introduce you to our audience. So first of all, thank you for being not just my sister-in-law, but such an incredible friend for almost 20 years. Wow. Thank you, Carolyn. (laughs) We cry right after. Uh Uh-oh. That's okay. Crying's totally allowed. I'm sure I'm going to do it too. So why don't you kind of now go ahead and paint us a little bit of a picture, introduce yourself and tell us um, whatever you think is relevant for us to know. Oh, you bet. Thank you, Carolyn and Kim. So uh, Little Island Girl grew up in PEI and three younger brothers, which one Carolyn is married to, the baby brother. (laughs) I'd like to comment that he he was the cute little baby when he was young, too. So He was. He's a cute adult, Uh, too. He's a cute 40-year-old. He is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a sister, but yes, I will say that. He is very cute. Um, So four of us in five years, mom and dad were uh, truly busy. And all of us in sports, and I would say multiple sports. And along with that, a strawberry farm and a raspberry farm uh, growing up in the uh, good old country, lots of hard work. But uh, if we got all the work done, then we were able to go play and run and we had cousins around us. So very truly a country living Mm -hmm. and a very sports-minded family. Everything we did, even my parents, um, up until a certain point, especially for mom, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. 
uh, everybody was involved in sports. Mm -hmm. Um, We would cheer for each other. We were playing. We were just totally involved. And I would say even the mindset of sports and how we grew up in the firm, it all goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But uh, continuing from there, left Little Island, go to the big Halifax at Dalhousie University for university and uh, joined the military. And I actually coming up in about three days, it'll be uh, 27 years completed. So wow. yeah. really? Oh yeah. my goodness. Congratulations. And thank you for your service. Oh, thank you very much. It's, um, it feels like yesterday, to be honest. So it's uh, an amazing career. So yeah, I joined the military and I moved to Cold Lake in uh, early 2000. And actually, to be honest, and a military person, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> so oh my I word. Have, yes. Um, very fortunate, actually. I've uh, been able to move around to different jobs on the base and to be able to stay here with the purpose to give my uh, two children. Uh, one's graduating in four days and the other one will be going into grade 10. So very fortunate to have them live in the same place yeah. as I did as a uh, child growing up. So yeah, that's almost unheard of to be 27 years in the military in the same location. Lucky you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very lucky. Yeah. So I actually, um, this is an interesting little tidbit. I was had the privilege of meeting you, Alana, before I even met Carolyn. Yeah. One of your other sister-in-laws who absolutely adores you encouraged you to come in and see us at the Running and Gate Center at the Pan Am Clinic um, many, many years ago. And I had the privilege of meeting you for a few minutes in the, in the Running and Gate Center. So that was my introduction to you, was right away into your running world. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit more about how you started running, how you got into running. That is a good question. <laughs> so growing up, uh, four kids and lots of cousins surrounded Honestly, I think we ran everywhere and we were outside all the time. We would play sports, but the actual running, I probably didn't really take it up. Like I would do the little elementary races, like at the top of the hill and we ran like 50 meters and then going into high school, I probably got a little bit more involved in track and about grade nine or 10 when the track and field came, I'm like, woohoo, a day off school. What can I <laughs> race in? So I would actually do all the races I could, like from two to four to eight to 15. I even think I did the 100 meter relay and I just did it. But I was really doing other sports too, like basketball and badminton and baseball and running, of course, is part of all those sports. Mm -hmm. So when it came to actually going on the track and the competitiveness and the drive just to go, it just kind of came natural. And plus, you're chasing your brothers around everywhere, too, as well. Or you're running away from them, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> That's another few stories in there. And then running, it. Uh, this is a funny story. So from high school, I um, actually had an op- opportunity to go to Santa Vex, one of the other um, universities out east, and they offered me a running scholarship. But I turned it down to go play basketball at Dalhousie. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of interesting that way. Yeah, well, I always, I don't think we've ever really talked about this. Like, how did you, so you had these two, like, what was it, were they full scholarships to? No, so just, so for the St. of X, I did have an offer, but I had a very inspiring dream. I just needed to go to Halifax for some reason, didn't know why, and Dalhousie was the school, and I actually, the coach didn't know who I was. I walked on, and the first year, 
I was actually a red shirt. So that means that I just practiced for the year and I helped manage the team. And then I got to play like my remaining uh, three years at Dalhousie on the team. So that was pretty special. So how did you decide, like, did did running at St. FX or basketball at Dalhousie, did that factor into your decision of where to go? Carolyn, I could not tell you. <laughs> it was one of those. So I'm a small PEI girl, and I love the firm, and I love my family, but I was ready to leave the nest, so to speak. Yeah. So I was ready to leave the island and go to a bigger city. Anakinesi in a smaller city, I think I was ready for a bigger um, city at that time. So mm. that's how I ended up there. But it was so it's more like I, I really something about Halifax is drawing me there. Yeah. Like, and I, okay. And I and basketball too. Like, yeah. I, like when I look at my daughter, so she's a hockey player and how like sports are organized and how like the team involvement comes in. Like, it's almost like a preparatory thing to get on a team. So back then it was like, you know, you were able to walk on. Mm. to try out for teams more often than I it seems like it is uh, at this time and age not to say that anybody can for sure you can anything you want but it was just different back then too so it was an opportunity that I just took advantage of yeah well and Johnny's told me a story before where he said like you mentioned you were red shirt at the first year right and you didn't get played a ton right but he was saying no. me about this time you guys came to PEI to play and you were <laughs> yes. in fourth year is this ringing a bell? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, oh, they yes. put her in and she was like, amazing. So do, what do you remember about that? <laughs> I remember that whole game because I was actually crying on the court. Oh, no so we were down like this. If we didn't win this game, we were out. So it was like 53 to 47. Like we were down like six points. So the coach at the time, Coach Savoy, she says, Lana, get on there. So I was more known like for my defense. Mm-hmm. Not really a good shooter. Anyway, so I come out the floor and I shoot a three point and I bank it in. So I'm like, oh my God. And we only got a few minutes left. So she leaves me on and then I go up and I get a layup and I get fouled. I am at the foul line crying because I'm like, these are all my rivals that I grew up with in high school because yeah. they're on the UPEI Panthers team. And here I am in my own hometown yeah. in front of my family, in front of my parents. And I'm like, this is amazing yes <laughs> totally amazing anyway we go to win the game oh get out and I to my heart I feel truly bad that PEI got knocked out but <laughs> it wasn't the team I was playing for right right <laughs> so, yeah and that was it and that was like the best yeah Johnny Johnny remembers it because he was there watching he's like that was like a Rudy moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, that is that is a very very cool story. I don't think I really knew that story too well. So, yay! So fast forward because that would have been what the late nineties back in the late nineties yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, got it. So then you you move shortly after that to Cold Lake, yeah, and you you're yeah. running all the way through. But we're gonna kind of if we spent the entire time going through your running resume. I'm not joking. We'd be here all day. There's a whole ton of races that you've done, but we're going to kind of focus in on three races in particular right now. And interestingly, as I was looking at the timeline of these, they all took place in less than a year. So we're going to, these three races, you know, 
we learn stuff through running. And I think these three races, from what you've told me, have really taught you different lessons. And so we'll go through them one by one. So the first one was November 2013. So we're kind of really jumping ahead here. But you traveled to Suriname in South America mm-hmm. with the military team, right? The the SISM military sports organization. Yeah. And you went, ran a marathon there. Can you tell us about that race? So that was, I would classify that as my most um, humbling race. So backtrack a little bit before that I was injured in the spring and I had just come back and I got my race in to qualify to be part of the SISM team. The SISM team travels to international events and for running it just happens to be the marathon, which the event I was in. And what an, it was my first one. What an amazing experience. So we get to the, I could tell you the whole story about driving in the bus for three hours to the start line. And we didn't have a time to stop for the bathroom. So when we actually got to the place, every tree was taken up by men and women. <laughs> kind of crazy. And it was 3.30 in the morning when we were starting because we wanted to beat the heat being in South America. Right. Um, we get to the start line. Anyhow, we start off. And I'm running with my couple of girlfriends who are also on the same team. One of them a little bit faster, so she took off. And then about out of 10 kilometers, I could feel my injury slowly coming back in my foot. So my girlfriend, Nicole, at the time, she's like, oh, I'll stay with you. I was like, no. I said, you go. And you're not alone either because they have armed guards about every couple kilometers along the route because they were concerned that there was animals. Oh, dear <laughs> <was> my. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a very um, unique experience, I could say that. So I'm at about 10 kilometers and I could feel my pace slowing down because I was feeling some pain in my foot. All I could think about was, wow, okay, Alana, here we are. You're all the way in South America. You're representing Canada and you're a soldier. I said, what would you do? I said, I'm going to finish it. And I was kind of doing the hop, hop, shuffle for a while. And I'll be honest, the only thing that got through was me singing Oh Canada for every kilometer. Oh, it wow. was, yeah, it, honestly, it was like, I am singing this, I am here, I am representing. And it was not a good performance for myself. But when I came in, my whole team was there waiting for me. They were cheering me on. And all I could do was hug them mm. <laughs> and thank them for waiting for me. Mm. So that was my uh, most humbling experience. But also, it proved to me mindset like how strong your mind can get you through Mm -hmm. things and be mentally tough and Kim man with all the ultras you've done (laughs) I'm sure you can attest to that as well I can definitely say you're not wrong there for sure (laughs) so yeah that was an amazing experience for my first SISM event but as well for performance obviously uh not there but um just to be in the atmosphere of a team because as runners, sometimes we think we're individuals, but when we travel and go as a team and we represent, say, for instance, Kenneth, oh, wow, so inspiring. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's so, so true. And that comes up over and over again on, on this show from people. It's like, yeah, we're out there by ourselves, but like we couldn't do it without the support team, not to mention like the people back home looking after the kids or keep, you know, oh, keep, absolutely. keeping down the homestead absolutely. and all of that stuff. So when you went into that race, did you... Like, had your foot been a problem in the training? Like, did you know that you were 
injured potentially or and did your teammates know? So I had let them know it was back in February, March, and this race wasn't until November. So I was healing. I, my training volume might have not been as uh, much as I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. but I felt good going into it. And they had known because we have to fill out, honestly, medical forms, yeah. <laughs> past injuries. So everybody was aware that I had injured myself back then. I honestly wasn't expecting it to crop up then but it did and uh when stuff like that happens you just gotta say okay I'm here what do I do to get to the next thing well I'm gonna sing oh Canada for every kilometer and that is gonna get me to the line so often when we run through injury for reasons bigger than the injury as you just did because every runner's done this I don't know, maybe, maybe you weren't during the race, but sometimes you can question, is this just pain or, or am I creating damage here? You know, is this going to create mm-hmm. long-term problems? Did you, I'm just curious, did you have any ongoing problems after that? Or were you able to to turn it around fairly quickly after that race to move on? I have not had that since. And that's part of my sport is that I train for the running, like spring through the summer to fall, but then I play hockey and ball hockey. And, and basketball during like the fall and winter kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I'm able to like, you know, use different muscle groups and yeah. use different agilities and focus on different areas. So I find that mix up in sports really gives me, I feel as mm-hmm. a master's athlete now too, yeah. <laughs> the longevity <laughs> to keep on going. Mm, back to range. <laughs> We've talked Absolutely. about this before of having range in your athletic abilities can pay off for sure. Yeah. And like you said, you're kind of periodizing it. Like you're doing this kind of in the off season for running, you know, instead of just running a ton of easy miles or whatever, you're just you're switching it up, moving over to another sport and building a different skill set. It sounds like. Absolutely. You betcha. Love it. So, so the big takeaway from that one, from what I'm hearing anyway, is that is the mindset. Like, let's not focus mm-hmm. on what I what's wrong. Let's focus on what mm-hmm. I can do. Okay, I can sing Oh Canada. Like, I can be grateful that I'm here. Like, I can, is that fair to say? Like, is that sort of what you took away from that race and what you've brought into other, other future races since then? Absolutely. Bang on. Like, and it's just getting through a challenge. Like, if I can get through that, <laughs> then there's other things I can get through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Okay, so fast forward to, so that was November 2013, April 2014. So we're talking like less than six months, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, was uh, the year after the bombings in Boston, right? So we were down there for that race. Yeah, Uh, We went down to watch my brother who's in it. So Johnny and I and my parents and our kids and everything. And we had had that trip planned for a while. Like, obviously, it was not a surprise that Boston was coming up. And it was the year after the bombings for like a year. Um, So we had that plan forever, had our place to stay and all of this. And about two days before we get this call from you saying, I'm coming down for the Boston Marathon. So I'm going to let you take it away (laughs) and just paint us a picture of that year in Boston. That was we'll call this the craziest thing you've ever done. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I can't believe it all worked out. I can't believe it either. Like, tell us, uh, when did you decide that you were going to run that year? So probably, like, 
I had registered for it because I had the previous run that I qualified for it. Always, well, everybody wants to run the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. So, hey, why not? I'm going to register and see what happens. Um, pretty busy. And the, we had lots of stuff going on at work. And the kids, actually, this is funny. They had their second or first communion on the Sunday. So I told you guys. <laughs> and then I go to my family. I'm like, okay. So I told them I'm coming. If I can get the flights, this can work out. So I'm going through the logistics of it. So I'm on the phone for a while. I get a flight at 6.30 Sunday evening. And the marathon's Monday morning, everyone. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So we've done the first communion with the kids and with the family, (laughs) the in-laws. And I'm like, three o'clock, got to (laughs) go. Actually, probably sooner than that because I'm a three and a half hour drive from the Edmonton airport. So I'm on my way. Ironically, there's an inflate emergency on the plane, which delays us a little bit because I had to be at the start line by seven. So thankfully the person had the medical emergency is okay. I don't know who you are, but you're good. Um, We get to the gate by six. Oh my. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I got it. So I am wearing literally my running clothes and I have one of those like little race bags and I got a couple of protein bars in there and a couple like shakes and everything I need. To go, but I have, you know, my passport, my phone, my wallet. I'm good to go. Did you run with your passport? <laughs> I did. I did oh because I could. Because I was like, if my race bag gets stolen, I'm not getting on the plane right. back to Canada. Oh my goodness! Thing, it was 420 um, weekend, so it's kind of they consider it the marijuana holiday so there was a lot of people flying to these big concerts and dj Mm -hmm. concerts so there were many interesting people on the plane that i got to talk to which is kind of cool but so yeah i get a six i get a cab and i made arrangements to pick up my race packet at a different location because i'm obviously picking up the day of and i had to run a kilometer from where the cab dropped me off to get my race pack then to get on the bus i said if i get on the bus i'm good for that first time and thankfully I did <laughs> so I get on the bus and I get out there you know you're relaxing you're chilling you're having coffee with everybody and then the race starts and then my head I'm like the only thing I have to do is finish under four hours and I will get my flight home no big deal so and, <laughs> no pressure there <laughs> and in my head I was like this is not a performance race or anything this is like I just got to do Boston race so I'm running actually with a girlfriend. Ironically, I met another uh, fellow military uh, runner. So she ran with me. I have my phone on me. So we stop and take a couple of pictures. And then, of course, I get a text. I think it was from you, Carolyn. <laughs> Miles home, left hand yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, sweet. So mile 10, I always run on the right. I don't know why it's such a habit. So I cut through everybody to get over to the left-hand side. And I got to see Carolyn and your parents and the kids. And, and you, were, you were so <laughs> cute. Like, this is the thing. You've, you're on this ridiculously tight timeline. Like, you've got to run under four hours. And you come over to us. You stop, you give us all a hug. Like, this is the kind of character, like, of, of my amazing sister-in-law. Like, it was, the, yeah. so I have I have a few pictures from that, and it would be kind of funny to put them in the show notes. Like, you, <laughs> you hug each one of us. You hug the kids, and then you're like, gotta go. And then, so, so you were running, <laughs> okay, you're running with your phone, with your passport, but what else? Like, yeah. did your stuff get taken to the finish yeah. line on the bus? 
Yes. Sorry. I forgot. Oh, okay. I dropped it off before I got on the bus to go to the start line. So like my sweater, I had a sweater and I actually, okay, this is funny. I put wipes in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like thinking I'm going to be this sweaty girl coming onto the cab <laughs> into the airport. And nobody's going to want to sit beside me. So oh, I, I love it. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that was all in there. So God love it. I finished the race. I hugged my girlfriend. I'm like, gotta go. <laughs> Get <my medal. laughs> but then I had, I had to run two kilometers to get my gear check, which was there. It was so amazing. It didn't get stolen. So, so, but you know what? The security, because it was the year after the bomb, it was super high. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. Like to the people there, truly amazing. So everything was there. I got my um, bag and then I might've fast walked, not ran. I was kind of sore, but anyway, got it to the cab and I'm like, you got to go as fast as you can. (laughs) And then I was back in the air at 430 what time did I get in seven? I think it was about one a.m. in the morning. And then I drove home. I got home at 4.30 and I went, showed up for work the next day at 7.30. Of course you did. Like a good soldier. <laughs> and oh, my boss goodness. was like, how was your weekend? I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> <didn't say> <laughs> yeah, it's best just not to get into it. <laughs> but this is, so, this is you, Alana, like oh not wanting to miss a thing. You didn't. You didn't miss your kid's first communion and you didn't miss the Boston Marathon and you showed up at work on Monday. And like, you didn't miss work. No one yeah. would have known. You didn't sleep a wink, I bet. <laughs> no. Did I tell you I love coffee? I yeah. really love coffee. <laughs> oh, I think you have no choice but to love coffee with a lifestyle yeah. like that. Wow. Yeah. Like to fly the red eye into Boston <laughs> and run the Boston Marathon. So what did you, obviously you did finish under tw- under four hours? Yeah, I can't actually remember the time. I think it was like 3.52 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, just that's amazing. Amazing. Like, I just remember, <laughs> yeah. and then d- didn't you get some kind of award from the military because of that craziness? You know what? I think I did. You so did, yeah. I just don't remember <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I just remember there being an article in, like, the military newspaper, I think. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That oh was, it was actually a pretty funny article. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a picture of me hugging Big Bird. It was kind of funny. Oh, that's great. And they said, this picture is brought to you by the number 40 and the letter K. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, that is a very fun story. Very, very crazy story and a very Alana story. Like, I will never, ever forget that. But a few months later, in August of 2014, you decided to run the Edmonton Marathon because Mm. why not? You weren't trained for a marathon. But I mean, obviously, nope. you've run mar- like two marathons in the or three, I guess, because yeah. you had the qualifier for Boston. So it's not like you're a stranger to running, but you weren't specifically okay. trained for the marathon, but you just showed up and turned from the half marathon to the marathon. Tell us that story. Yeah, actually, um, Carolyn, your brother was coaching me at that time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and he was coaching me for a half marathon for a, a PR. And it was the first time that he had me run using my heart rate Mm -hmm. so that was very interesting to me with all the dynamics and how that worked but with this race it worked and this one is very special to me so back in July we lost my mom um, unexpectedly so she had passed away and that was I would say pretty tough so tough (laughs) Um, yeah Yeah. and and if I may jump in here, so 
this is this is on the timeline between Boston and Edmonton. Your mom had a long battle with a very extremely rare disease that causes inflammation to the blood vessels. Yeah. But she was stable. Like, so I had yeah. talked to her on the yeah. phone. My husband was deployed for like Johnny was deployed for seven and a half months during that time. So I was at home. Right. Kids were young. And I called her one night and we just we had the loveliest chat like normal like I made sure to call her regularly when when he was away and so the next morning when I got the call that she had passed away from your other brother Josh I was like the kids still remember it my reaction I was like no no nope nope like I I just Mm. couldn't accept that it had happened because I was no no because I just talked to her like it was so yeah I can just transport myself right there and get all goosebumps so this was even though she was ill for a long time it still came Mm -hmm. as a surprise as a shock yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. so this happened in between those two marathons and I'd always wanted so so what happened at the Edmonton one so you're training with Kevin he gets you training with heart rate I'm training with Kevin and still like and I'll be honest to this day think of mom lost and so we're even in some of my runs I'll be honest like I think of her and she takes over the run so to speak but in Edmonton she really took over she was with me I have to say that so I registered for this run but with the things that happened with mom I wasn't sure if I was going to run it or not so in true Atlanta fashion I'll say we're on the dock at Cold Lake and we're about to go on a boat ride and this is on the Saturday and I look at Rob and I gave him the bags and I said, I'm going to Edmonton to run the race. And he's like, okay. So I looked at my watch. I had four hours to get there before the um, race package place shut down. And I had three and a half hour drive. So I zoom, zoom. And I got a hotel on the way down. So it's kind of similar to Boston. But I just, my, I listened to my intuition. I'm very, um, the older I get, I find the more I'm getting intuition, but I was really listening to this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I did. Uh, I get to Edmonton, I make it 20 minutes to get my race package. Oof, like, that's a good uh, thing to happen. And everything's going well. And then the next day, I'm just like, this is a no pressure run. Nobody knows I'm here. Nobody knows I'm running this. I am running this for mom. Mm-hmm. That was my whole goal. So I go and I'm running with this couple. They're lovely and they're setting a good pace. And then probably about halfway through, um, I noticed that this lady is wearing a red, like a top, like she's one of the organizers or one of the team support and she's following me. And all I could think about was like, oh my God, do I look like I'm going to collapse? Like, I'm like waving her off. I'm like, I don't need medical attention. Like, I'm good. (laughs) Like, go, go find somebody else. And she's like, she didn't say anything, but she kept biking. And I'll back, I'll backtrack. This is, I have a little story about this. So Carolyn, when I was home in July, I'd actually gone to see a, uh, a medium. Oh, yeah. I just needed a little bit of closure, <laughs> not closure. I, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry for anybody else that doesn't believe that that's okay. Uh, but this is uh, something for me. So I went and, you know, I got some good messages from mom Mm -hmm. saying that she's all good and then the person said that I would see somebody in a red shirt who would be with me for a long time oh so yeah so fast forward to August and and it it was going to be an Asian 
uh, female. Mm-hmm. So guess who's riding the bike in a red shirt and she's Asian. And I could look and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to the race. And then she starts kind of clearing everybody because the Edmonton is like an out and back. But then you have your half marathoners and your 10K. So we're all kind of coming back at roughly, you know, around the same time. Like, but sparse out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the courses kind of interact. And I'm like, wow, like she really thinks I'm okay or I'm not okay. Like I'll keep running. And I get up and I cross the finish line and then I hear the announcement and I'm like, second finisher. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I look, I look up at the time and I was like, oh my God, it's like 3.08 something. And I was like, anyway, I was flying. Mom was with me. Oh. Absolutely. She gave me wings. And uh, can't stop thanking her for that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you go, Kim. Yeah. You go. I, d- I just, I don't know what to say. That's, that's quite a story, a special story for sure. So this whole time when the woman, you thought she was with you to like supervise you because you were wobbling around or something like she, that you needed yeah. medical attention, but she was actually like a bike escort because you were practically winning the race. Yes. And I had no idea. And people kept saying, oh, you're doing great. You're there. Like, you're in the the top couple. And I was like, you must not be talking to me. Like, you're talking to somebody else. Like, and I honestly believe this person was there because I looked like I was going to faint or fall over. And I I literally waved her off. I said, go find somebody who actually needs you. (laughs) I don't need you. (laughs) I've got this. I'm going to come second. Just go. (laughs) No, but to date, Alana, that's your fastest marathon, isn't it? So like, talk to us. Like you say, you felt her with you. You felt her presence. Did that marathon feel like marathons never feel easy, but like, compared to other marathons that you ran up to that point did you feel like you had some assistance yes yeah absolutely it was the I'll be honest the easy like it felt easy yeah like I let go of every expectation of every pressure of every expectation that I have ever had and I and I honestly did it for me it was one of the first yes. times that I did it for me. And of course, with the help of my mom, I truly believe yeah. she was with me the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's blowing wind on my back. I don't <laughs> know. I thank her again for it. But really, it was an amazing feeling. And I'll be honest, I've been trying to chase that now for years again to recreate that. Not that I, <laughs> it's so, it's just going back to that mental state of, letting go of just surrender and like all yeah. expectations yes. are just out the window. Like you're just, yeah, uh, whatever happens, happens. My body's going to know what to do. Like that kind of headspace, right? Yeah. 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 It's pretty special. Yeah. What, what happened when you crossed that finish line? What kind of emotions did you feel? Oh, a ton. Because it was then that I realized that what that, mediumship person had told me was that person on the bike I actually went up and personally thanked her and I told her why she yeah. might have looked at I don't remember she had sunglasses on so and I think she get yeah she did give me a hug Aww. and then after that like I, again I'm by myself do you know what I mean because I'd left the family and I was there right and usually mom would be the first person I would call right um to say how well the rest went so I just said thank you mm. <laughs> and that's how it, the day went yeah and drove back home 
yeah. the Coal Lake. And yeah. Well, the yeah. word freedom's coming to me for, for that. Like yeah. it just felt very, listen to me, like putting words in your mouth, but like from your, the sounds Absolutely. of you telling that story, it's like freedom from expectations, yeah. freedom from all of it, right? You were there by yourself. Yeah, that's that's an amazing yeah. story, Alana. Again, uh, like what you capable of what you can do by yourself, like with your own, you're your own cheerleader, your own supporter, even though, yes, all the logistics and stuff, absolutely, you know, the family was taken care of yeah. and, you know, I didn't have to go to work till Monday, but just that wonderful that I can be here right now, live in the present yeah. and do what I love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. And you're probably, right. like you said, trying to chase that <laughs> until <laughs> until present day, right? Because it's true. Yeah. Like intellectually, we can be like, yeah, we just should surrender and not care what other people think or expectations we have of ourselves or whatever. But it's much easier said than done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the whole thing, eh? Like these we've all experienced these perfect days, right? These days mm-hmm. that just come out of nowhere and everything aligns and it's just the, the run of your life. But you can't intellectualize those days. If you could, we'd have them every run, right? Right. Absolutely. It's those things that you look back on and go, it's often when you got out of your head yeah. and and just let things be that um, the magic happens. So Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So did you write yeah. Kevin a testimonial? Look at I uh Kevin can just train you for a half marathon and you can run easy all the time and then you can win marathons. <laughs> oh my like, god, I did it and now I feel guilty. I did it. <laughs> I Hire Kevin as your coach. That. Oh, that's funny. But there is something to that, like on a serious note, like you've been you know, super active racing a lot, right? By the sounds of it in that Mm -hmm. previous year. So maybe the heart rate training and the just like, okay, keep those easy days easy was the thing that allowed you to maybe get out of a bit of an overtraining pattern and and like sympathetic nervous system dominance or whatever to allow that magic to happen also on that day. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. And also when you take it easy, you kind of find that love and appreciation. Like Mm -hmm. running is a gift. It keeps on giving. And sometimes you take the gift for granted. Yeah. And the older I get, I find the more that I'm so much more grateful. And even during that time with those heart rate runs, to slow down and take it all in. Mm. That's when you're like really present. And you're like, what's around me? What are my thoughts? Yeah. Um, You work through problems physically and emotionally, like you're on therapist sometimes. And it's just amazing to be there with that. And you're running. Like it's so, it's simple. Absolutely. It's pretty amazing. It is. So um, we've mentioned this already. You've traveled all over the world running for the military, but also like you've played hockey with the military, basketball, and we've talked about all that. So it all sort of came together for you to be recognized in 2019. You were named the Female Athlete of the Year for the Royal Canadian Air Force, which was um, amazing and so well-deserved. And I even got to tag along to the the banquet in Ottawa as your (laughs) plus one, which was absolutely like probably the best 48 hours I've ever had. So um, what did that award mean to you? Oh, wow. That was huge for me. Just being able to be recognized by your peers, by your bosses and your leaders to say that, hey, Lana, we recognize all the hard work you did. And because, you know, most of your work, your uh, hard work and your sports are done on your own personal time to get ready for sports. 
it was such an honor for me to receive that and be a part of that team up there. Again, running is definitely, I know it's an individual sport. And for that year, I had played uh, basketball with the Susan team. We had gone on a tournament. And this is funny, but I also was into fitness competition for a bit. Yes. Oh, wow. So I kind of, when I was injured, like in, uh, I had gotten into it way back in um, 2014 when I got injured. And that was something that I say it's a gift that I was injured. People wouldn't look at it that way, but it, it allowed me to go into something else and to put my mind to something else. So with 2019, with those um, combined three events and the efforts and stuff put in to be recognized, so that was truly amazing. Yeah, I was very humbled <laughs> receiving that. Well, it it is a significant award, and I think a lot of people who aren't really, you know, familiar with the military may not realize that there's a lot of super fit people in the military. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is, um, for lack of a better word, organization, I guess, um, is huge. And, you know, and even in the Canadian military, there's, there's a lot of, of awesome athletes. So, Congratulations on that one. And for for those that don't know, like I'm just curious, what what is your trade in the military? What is your profession? Oh, thank you. It's, it's a air traffic controller by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm not um, in the seat, so to speak. I'm kind of in a more of a, a management position, right, or an office position right now. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So pushing so- paper instead of playing. yeah but leading people and you're an exceptional leader because you're such an amazing listener oh thank you carolyn yeah i was gonna ask you though what did you like about our 48 hours together oh (laughs) yeah well so we we fly to ottawa we met in ottawa and um we had a hotel room and we just kind of like chilled out and we went for a couple of runs together and the banquet itself was was really cool like um, the athletes that were honored that night, like, I felt like we were at the Olympics or something <laughs> like the people, <laughs> the people that got honored that night had done some incredible things Amazing. in all kinds of sports. So it was just yeah. really neat to be at that event. And yeah, it was like a super big whirlwind, but I have to say not having my husband and kids there was kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> like he gets, we had some girl time. We had some girl yeah, time weekend on the yes. town. Like he yeah. got he gets to travel, or he used to a lot more than he does now. But um, he gets to travel a lot without me and the kids. And I was like, wow, I feel so free right now. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I loved it too. It was awesome. Yeah. It was good to spend some special time through together. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, as a leader in in the military, you know I. I really think it's important in leadership to lead by example. And you've set a great example for, for your teams with regards to leading an active lifestyle and, and honoring that value that the, within the military. And you've also been, you know, as a mom, I can observe a great example to your kids in leading an active lifestyle mm. too. And it sounds like they're both quite the athletes now themselves. So you know, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, you know, keeping our kids active and how, you know, how they relate to your, your sporting endeavors and how you think that's affected them. That is a great question, Kim. And as a parent, um, I'm very thankful that my kids love the same things that we love. 
Rob and I are involved in sports, hockey, and that's pretty much our philosophy, to be honest, as, as parents as well. Like, when we have family meetings, it's almost, I feel like it's a coaching meeting. <laughs> and perhaps the kids kind of get caught up in that. But our coaching philosophy, like setting goals and managing schedules and your nutrition and how to be a good person, you're representing a team. How would you act out in public? Like all of those things all come together. And I'm very thankful that our kids have come along. I said to kids, they're young teens and young adults now, but they've come along with that and they've embraced that for which again, I'm so very grateful for, but now they're inspiring me. For example, my son, man, oh man, he is into weightlifting now. He puts his thing together like at night and he gets up at like 5.30 the next day. Like he's 15 years old. Oh yeah. And just his drive and the goals. And my daughter, I'm so proud of them. I'm going to brag a little bit, I know, but. Go ahead. um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) They just help and they mentor other young female athletes. And like when she's with her hockey team and the fundraising, I just, it's such a community when you grow up with athletes. And then it's not exclusive at all, by all means, if anybody wants to put the work in and they want to be part of that, they absolutely can. And it's so positive. Yeah, you know what? There's some challenging things, especially in competition. There's always going to be challenges, but you're supported by a team of people. Mm -hmm. And when you translate that back to the family as well, man, oh man, your cheerleading squad is huge. Like Mm -hmm. your coaching staff and your family and your friends. It's truly amazing, and I'm so happy that they've grown up that, and they've embraced it, and they loved it, and they've made it their own passion. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget this run that we went on with Jade, your daughter. So we were back visiting your parents. (laughs) She couldn't have been more than eight years old. And no matter no matter where you go from your house, your parents' house for your run, you're going to yeah. go down this great big hill. So that just means oh, like on God. the way back, you've got to <laughs> save a little bit of energy to come up this great big hill. It takes like five minutes to run up at a, like a normal pace or whatever. And so we've got Jade with us. And what a trooper, first of all. But also I was observing because we our kids were much younger at that time, like our, I don't know, like. They were maybe four and two or something, let's say. And uh, so I was getting this glimpse into like what it might be like when they're a little bit older. But Jade's (laughs) along and she is clearly not having all that much fun. And she kept on stopping. You're like, you wouldn't let her stop. But you did it in such a way that it was like, come on, Jade, like, come on. And you'd kind of like turn around and run, run backwards or run on the spot. But you never stop and you wouldn't let her stop. And I was like, this is going to be interesting when we get to the hill. I wonder what she's going to (laughs) <laughs> and we get to the hill do you remember and the little trooper yeah. she did run up Kick all the way well she was eight like her face was like a cherry yeah. tomato like she was so hot and but she did it and that's what I'm saying like this was just a little glimpse I got and I'm like I bet you this mm. is what it's like at the Kadu household all the time and no wonder they're athletes so um but again they're probably like my mom's gonna kick my butt I don't want my mom to kick my butt <laughs> like in terms of like you know running faster than them lifting yeah. more weight than them so anyway it's yeah. uh yeah your kids are awesome I laugh because neither one of them want to go running with me anymore oh, no. but that's okay they'll they will come around me. yeah <laughs> they, they'll come around. they will come around well didn't Jared just bike with you on your half marathon 
Yes. Yeah. He did. We did the, uh, yeah, that was amazing. He was my, he's my support team for sure. Like yeah. when we're, when I have to do my long runs, like he carries, God love him. He carries my water. <laughs> he high fives me. Aww. He makes me laugh. He talks <laughs> even yeah. when I can't. <laughs> well, this is probably yeah. a good time. Like what's on the horizon for you now? Are you training for anything? So just a couple of virtual races, but up to the military. So training for those right now. I am very much hoping that in Alberta, we will have a race uh, in the fall, to be honest. Mm. I'm hoping either Calgary, Edmonton will open up. So our numbers with COVID-19 and stuff are improving. So my fingers are crossed that I actually get to do a race in live, which would be amazing. Um, so I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen right now. But yeah, still training. So that's always a good thing. It's summer. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I love to be outside. So if something opens up in the fall, like what are you thinking distance-wise? A, a full marathon? A full or marathon for would? sure. Yeah, okay. full marathon for sure. Nice. Yeah. So you've got and your Cam, training. I keep thinking. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. I was going to say, so you're training for the half? <laughs> you're training for the half and you're going to execute on the full? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it works for you. Well, my coach, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> My coach will train me really well for the marathon. I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> She's always got the good plans. <laughs> and Kim, I always think of the ultra. It's so daunting in front of me to do 100K at some time. So it's one of those things I would love to try to do once for sure. So, Well, never say never. I think, you know, if there's anybody that could do it, you could do it. And, and yeah, things are opening up in Alberta as far as runs go. So it's looking like it could be a good summer season there. I am looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. yeah. And now that I'm moving there, who knows? I might just run into you. Yes. That's right. <laughs> All right, Alana. So you've you've had a lot of miles under your shoes um, and a lot of time to learn um, from the sport. So I'm curious, what has running taught you? Running has taught me many things, to be honest. It is a true gift and it keeps on giving. Sometimes. I took those grips for granted when I was younger and the older I get, like, I really feel very grateful for everything it's got me. And I, when I think of my mom, I think of like, she was very ill and she wasn't able to do a lot. And I'm like, she, if she had my le you know, legs like I, and she was able to do it, she would do it. Mm -hmm. So in the back of my head, I'm always like, you know what? Because I can, I am healthy. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I can do it. And I love it. And it, just brings me joy. You know, sometimes it's a love-hate relationship. It's always around, but it's like my emotional stress release, to be honest. Sometimes after a stressful day, like it's taught me that just go for a run and you'll come back a better person. Mm -hmm. It's my cheerleader. Even during races and stuff, people don't even know you. They're cheering for you. Like there's such a huge community and a family that you build with running. It's taught me that I can travel. I can do so many things with just the simple thing of running like you know we're basketball and hockey it takes time and a plan and a team but running is like that individual thing that is so flexible and I can do any time it's always been that sport that I can fit in at any time of the day so it's been a wonderful gift to me I think you've proven that you can fit in runs anywhere in North America Gotta have a good travel agent, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something you just said there about running being stress relief, it made me think of that meme that says something like, 
it's crazy how completely trashing yourself can be the most relaxing part of your day sometimes. <laughs> it is so true. Yeah. <laughs> Even my kids tell me, they're like, mom, you're grumpy. Go for a run. I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I might have said the exact same thing. Ditto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the poor kids of mother runners, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they get used to it. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been an awesome little conversation between a couple of running women. I love it. Um, But it is time for us to move into our rapid fire questions that we always close each episode with. So are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) I'm going to be Johnny. (laughs) I'm going to start us off with what is your favorite running mantra? So it's kind of similar to my brother's, which is very sad to say, but it's good. It's like slow down when I first start. And smile. Hmm. I, I like smile that. as much as I can throughout the run. If I'm feeling not so great, I smile. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. It makes people think what you have to. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just smiling and singing Oh Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have a favorite place to run? If you could be dropped anywhere, where would it be to go for a run? Oh, PEI yeah. for sure. And honestly, specifically on Lakeside Beach. Oh, yeah. I could run there and then go for a swim after in the ocean. Mm, yes. Yeah, it's my favorite place to be. Well, Johnny was telling me before we recorded just, um, and I'm not sure you even know this, like how much of an inspiration you were to him because he's four years or five years younger than you. Um, yeah. So he's told me lots of stories when, when you were, when he was really young. And so you were into the running and he would take him on runs with you along Lakeside Beach to the, <laughs> what is it called? The Black... Oh, the, oh, the black wall. Yeah. 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 So he's yeah. like, Oh my God. And she'd like, take me there. And she runs so fast. And, and then he, <laughs> you'd take him around the block. Come on, Johnny, come on. Like just the exact one that I was saying you, um, with your daughter with the hill at the end, it's like, come on, we're just going yeah. around the block. Oh, the block is eight kilometers. <laughs> they live in the country. <laughs> so he's like, has very, um, maybe a love hate relationship with his younger years with you, uh, running, but you are definitely a mentor to him and I love love running around your uh, your place on PEI and to the beach for sure so green yeah it's green and rolly and those trails Mm -hmm. are amazing the confederation like and I think Johnny mentioned yes yes, yeah like amazing well and the best part is now you can run from your dad's house to the cottage and pass by your mom's uh um, gravestone yeah 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 it's amazing Mm. Yes, that would be awesome. I think about her all the time. <laughs> and Kim, you could run the whole Confederation Trail <laughs> in a couple of days. There you go. In the end. <laughs> yeah, don't say I haven't explored the options of some running trails on the East Coast. That's my next frontier, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Awesome. We'll see. Okay, so moving on. Bucket list race. What's your next one or two big bucket list races? Okay, so back to PEI. I really want to do the PEI marathon. That would be like a bucket list thing to do. And the Kappa Trail. Yes, the Kappa Trail. Those are two ones. Yeah, those are two East Coast ones I would love to do. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, there you go. Maybe the Cabot Trail will turn you into an ultra marathon. (laughs) Uh Uh (laughs) All right. Do you have a favorite running book or movie? Um, So this is funny. I read... um, 
Born to Run. Mm-hmm. I really love that book. That really got me into the uh, zero drop Vibram shoes for mm-hmm. a while there. Yeah. But right now I'm kind of an audio girl. So I have to say, Inspired Souls, Aww. you guys. <laughs> You're just saying. You all the time. Can you say that I a little better one more time? <laughs> Shout out, Fire Soul. Oh. Listen, listen up. Too kind you are. Too kind. Yes. All right. So after a long, hot, sweaty run, what is your favorite post-run indulgence? I love sweet potato fries. And a grilled chicken and a glass of red wine. I think we might have had that exact meal at the uh, (laughs) female athlete of the the year. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. No, it's one of my favorites. So good. Well, this has been, I knew this was going to be so, so good. You've shared so much. And like, it just seems like you're very thoughtful with what running's taught you like you're very intentional with like this is a gift and don't waste and I really think that's come from your mom right and and so to be very even in the hardships or the setbacks like the races the one that you didn't finish it's like there was always a silver lining and you're so so good at finding those and looking for those so um I think everybody is going to just love what you had to share but thank you so much for being the world's very best sister-in-law and uh we're so glad we got to share you with our audience tonight Oh, thank you very much to have Kaylin. You guys are truly an inspiration to me as well. So thank you very much. And as mom would say, it's all good. It's been a pleasure, Lynn.